You're listening to Seahawks Rewind, giving you expert analysis from the Seahawks postgame show with former Seahawks Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin. Hear from head coach Pete Carroll and Seahawks players in the locker room. Now, here's your host, Michael Bumpus. Tough loss at home for the Seattle Seahawks. They lose to the Bears 25-24. to The Bears go for two late in the game. Two go up. They got nothing to lose. Why not? The Hawks were three for ten on third downs. Out game the Chicago Bears. 331 yards to 317 rushing. The Hawks rush for 170 yards. The Chicago Bears, 88 yards. Usually that is a recipe for success. Just didn't happen today. Russell Wilson, 16-27, two touchdowns. Rashad Penny has another great performance, 17-135, just not good enough. Receiving rise, Gerald Everett, four catches, 68 yards. DK, two catches, 41 yards, and one touchdown. Defensively, Bobby Wagner has a day, sets the franchise record for tackles. Jordan Brooks has 10 tackles himself. Lots to dissect when we get back. We're going to talk to Jen Mueller as she's with players down in the locker room. Room. We're going to talk to the voice, Steve Rabel, hear from players as they step up to the podium, and Pete Carroll is going to step up to the podium. We'll break that down. All that is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Seahawks Post Game Show. I am Michael Bumpus. Breaking this whole thing down, the Hawks lose to the Bears 25-24. to Frustrating loss. He felt like this team had this game all wrapped up, and now we are joined by Steve Rabel. And Rabel, I look at the stat sheet. I'm looking at the scores like we've done a lot this year. I'm trying to make sense of all of this. And all I see is the fourth quarter, the Bears scoring 11 points, the Hawks scoring zero. They trade seven points in the third. What did you see in the fourth quarter that kind of stalled this offense out and allowed the Chicago Bears offense to flourish? Well, uh, you know, it, you saw the same things that I did, uh, Michael. And, and again, the Seahawks offense, untimely penalties, uh, sacks that we took that we, we couldn't have taken. A missed field goal kind of changes the complexion of the scoring and what the Bears might have to do to try to get back in and finally win this football game. So it was just just a lot of those kinds of things. There was not much continuity. And, you know, after that touchdown pass to um, to uh, DK Metcalf early in the football game in the first quarter, in fact, a 41 yarder, he, you know, a couple of more passes to him. And then he sort of was out of the game plan. I mean, we just didn't see him anymore. Now, part of that is the Bears. They double covered him a lot. But again, Russ missed some open receivers. It was that kind of day, tough day to probably grip the football, a cold day. But, you know, Foles is trying to do the same thing. Penny was the bright spot. The offensive line did a nice job blocking. The defense, for whatever reason, just could not get out of its own way in the in the fourth quarter and just could not find a way to stop the Bears. I mean, everything it seemed the Bears tried to do in the fourth quarter worked for them. Run the football, throw in the middle, throw on the sidelines. Uh, it's just a real disappointing loss. Uh, this, this is one that, you know, it's one thing to get beat by the Rams. They're a really good football team. They're going to be maybe the number one seed or at least the de- the defending uh, or they'll be, they'll be the uh, NFC West uh, representative uh, as the winner of the division. But, uh, you know, this Bears team was a 4-10 and ten team coming in here, and they beat the Seahawks on their home field. It's not a good day for Seattle football. Beat the Seahawks at home. The Hawks were 2-5 and five this year when at Lumen Field. Not very good. I look at the rushing numbers. I see Rashad Penny go for 135 yards and a touchdown. Good for him, just not enough to get a win. There's a number that we look at, Raybo. It's the, the number 50. If the attempts to pass plus the amount of times you rush the ball exceed 50, most of the times the Seahawks got it done. The run game just wasn't enough today. 
No, it wasn't. And again, some passes uh, worked, but, uh, you know, and, and completion wise, but again, just not able to sustain. And you mentioned it, the third downs again, continue to be a problem for the Seahawks offense in just unable to convert those, those plays, some special teams plays as well. It seems like, you know, a couple of big returns by the bears. It just seems like everybody took a turn today in not playing very well, special teams, offense and defense, and it's going to cost you. And, as we often talk about, and you guys know this because you're, you know, you're players too, uh, those guys across the field from us, they get paid. They're professionals. They come out here and they're playing hard. A lot of those guys are playing for jobs next year on a 4-10, and 10, now 5-10 and 10 football team with the Chicago Bears. So they're not going to give an inch, and they played hard today. And I'm not saying the Seahawks didn't play hard, but you just have to realize that every time you go out there, you're going to face the other team, and they're going to play hard against you. And it uh, just didn't work out for the Hawks today. Rabel, tough to find positives in a win, but I got some. Rashad Russ for 135. Bobby Wagner sets a franchise record. And I saw a Steve Rabel jersey as I walked around today. Rabel, <laughs> get home safely, man. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks, Bump. All right. Lots to do when we get back. Jim Miller will be in the locker room with player interviews. We'll hear from Pete Carroll and... QB1 as they step up to the podium. I'll get the guys involved here. The Hawks fall to the Bears, 25-14. to 14. Welcome back to the postgame show. I'm Michael Bumpus with Brian Walters, Robert Turbin, and Ray Roberts. Tough second half, tough game. Snowing outside. We knew it was going to be a grinder type of game. That's what it came down to. The Bears, with nothing to lose, decided to go for two at the end of the game. I wonder if the Hawks were in the same position. Would they do the same because the playoffs are essentially out of reach? Um, but second half, this is my observations, then I'll lean on you guys. I saw one conversion on third down offensively. I saw a lot of missed tackles offensively. I saw untimely sacks, and I saw Russell Wilson not make the throws that we were used to seeing. We're going to bring in the man who was stuck on a plane on the runway for a few hours uh, to <laughs> freshen us up and, yeah. and, and let us know what he thought. Turbo, what you thinking, man? Yeah, man, obviously a disappointing loss for our team. Uh, not being able to seal the deal and, and finish it in the second half and really in the fourth quarter. You know, what you saw was a, a Bears team who looked like they just wanted to win a little bit more. You know, they wanted to find a way to kind of close the deal and and, uh, and and find a way to come back and finish it off uh, more than we wanted to win the football game. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they made more plays than us, man. You made great points. You know, Russ was – uh, inaccurate there in the fourth quarter, something that we're not accustomed to seeing. And our defense missed a lot of tackles there in the fourth quarter, just seemingly, you know, just looked like they didn't want to tackle the, the football anymore. And uh, those guys made plays, man, an exceptional play on that on that two-point conversion there, uh, holding the ball up, you know, being able to hold it with one hand like that. I mean, you know, it just shows the effort that they were putting in offensively in order to get that that play done and get the job done and seal the deal there for the two-point conversion. And then, you know, we talk about third downs, and that's really been our Achilles heel all season long, just unable to keep drives going. And, you know, it, it, it really showed up today because we weren't able to close the deal because of that. You know, we have a lead going into the fourth quarter. Uh, the game is essentially ours, and we just didn't make the plays. We missed a field goal there, which, you know, that two-point conversion then doesn't matter, right? They've got to be able to come back, kick an onside kick, try to recover that, and then possibly drive down the field again to kick a to kick a, a field goal to tie it or maybe score a touchdown to win it. And so, you know, they just made more plays than we did in the second half, and they were able to come out on top. 
Big Ray, we were we rushed for 170 yards. Rashad Penny has another day, one yard shy of his career high, 135 yards, one touchdown, a long of 32. We're supposed to win this game, man. You, you <laughs> rush the ball like you've done. You hit that number 50 when it comes to completions and rush attempts. Just weren't able to get it done. What did you see that was kind of the Achilles heel of this offense and defense today? Uh, well, I mean, we scored 17 points in the first half and only seven in the second half, you know, and so, you know, to me, the flaw in this team is that it's a collection of players, but it's not a it's not a, a uniform team. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the roster, you go like, look at all these dudes. They should be winning football games. But on offense, there's no continuity on offense. There's no rhythm on offense. There's you know, and then on defense, as well as they've played, you know, giving up a bunch of yards and not a whole lot of points, eventually that's going to come back to bite you. It reminds me of when I was a little kid and I had to walk to school past this, this one house that had this big uh, Doberman, uh, Doberman in a fence, and there was always a hole under the fence. And you're thinking, like, man, like, I wonder if he's ever going to come under that hole. Mm-hmm. But I just, every time I got past it. I, and then, let me hop in there, <laughs> okay. man. We got Pete Carroll stepping I'm gonna up to the I'm going to finish that story. Yeah, please do. <laughs> we uh, were in control in so many ways in that game to go win it and put it away. And we just never did and let them stay alive. And, and, uh, they, they found a way to make their plays. And, um, you know, we had to do some stuff to, to give them that opportunity. And they, they took advantage of it and give them credit. They've been struggling all year too. And, and, uh, it's a big win for those guys. Um, I feel like I, I, I have to do more. I have to I feel in mean, a time like this, I feel like i got to find ways to help our guys more so that we don't get in a situation where we even give them a chance. Um, and uh, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm going I'm to try to figure out how I can help and get us cleaner right down the stretch and, and win a football game and not give something up and the penalty that we get and all that kind of stuff. We get things that we can do better. we got to do better. And um, I'm asking them to do the same thing. Pete, finishing's always been a big point of pride for you and your teams. There's been a lot of close games here that haven't gone your way. Are you seeing any reoccurring theme, or is it? Well, there are some theme. There's some occurrence of theme in, in that uh, time of possession happened again. Third downs happened again. Um, we did a lot of really good things. We ran the football really well today. Um, we protected well today, and, and did some good things. But, but the fact that you know they get more first downs than us, and and. Uh, um, it's 38, 20 something, or you know, whatever it was in the time of possession. That, that's that's been that's been you know pretty constant. And that's not that's not a good way to be playing. But we, you know, I, I liked our balance. You know that we were able to run the ball and, and mix it. Um, we had a couple of good touchdown passes, um, but we still came out three out of ten on third down again. You know, which is the, you know, that's just not good enough execution. We got to be better there. And when you look at the other side of it, you know, we went back to the old ways. We were seven out of fourteen. You know. And, We've been so much better than that uh, throughout most of the year, and then to come back to that really pisses me off because that's not the way we want to play. Eight, eight minutes to go, third and four, down, down the end zone there. Russell takes a 13-yard sack. You miss a field goal. Seems like everything kind of went off the rails there for you. Just kind of your thoughts through that whole sequence. And yeah, yeah that, that's, you know, that, that's a situation right there that, that did give them a chance to, to shift it, you know, and, and uh, the momentum of it. Um, in that situation, that third down infield goal range to go up by 10, we got to get rid of the football. You know, we, we, get, we can't take a sack there. And um, we look at that, that what happened on that play again, but that's not, that's what I'm talking about. You know, and, and 
I got to get that done. I got to get him to execute that way. I got to get Russ to, to pull that off. I got to get the coaches to make sure we reminded them well enough so that that didn't happen. Uh, that's you, you sail it out of the end zone right there, kick the field goal. I don't know where, what yard line we on him, but the, Eight yard line, yeah. I mean, it's as short as you can get on a field goal, so um, that's as makeable as it can be. Now we got to hit the field goal too, but um, that's part of the thinking and the mentality that we we practice that stuff all the time, and we just didn't do it. And um, that was a clear situation where we gave them an opportunity to get some momentum from us. Besides the third downs, what did you feel like? I guess the, the defensive issues were in the second half. Well, they did. They did a couple things. They did run the. They didn't run the ball at all in the first half, and, and then they got a couple of runs going on, in, on us, um, on a couple of nice little plays that they ran. That was the difference. That they did run the ball a little bit. You know, they, they had. They, I think they ran for twenty yards or twenty-two yards or something in the first half. You know, we didn't want that to happen. That was we went into the third quarter trying to make sure that we didn't give up any running game and let them get any kind of momentum to get back where they could balance out their stuff. And we didn't pull that together. That's that was the intent as we went on the field in the third quarter. We didn't we didn't execute well enough to get that done. Your passing game in the second half. I mean, DK got involved a lot early, and not so much kind of as the game wore on. Did you, were they doing some things there, or what was uh, your on offense? Yeah, it wasn't good enough. You know, it wasn't good enough. You mentioned the running game. For Rashad to not just put up these numbers, but I think it's four games in a row now of having a pretty big workload. Just for him to be out there week after week, what does that show? Yeah, there's no doubt that he he's he's a factor. He he would look like big time big time running football today, and and uh, he busted a number of different types of runs and and hit some different style uh, runs that were great to see him uh, break tackles and get out in in. You know, that's a ton of yards for him to get in, in that game. Man, it was like seven yards a carry or something like that, whatever it was. Um, he's, he's, it's really great to have him back. He's legit. After that 32-yard run by Penny, gets down to the eight. I don't know if you noticed. He came off the field. Do you know what the reason for that was? He just tired or the, the drive stalled right after he came out? But is there just Yeah, I think he, he was gassed after the run. That's what I, I, I was hollering at him, too, you know, but he, he needed to come out. You were hollering at him to stay. Yeah, I was trying to get him to go back in, but he, he, had, he had something. I didn't ask him what, what, what it was. Pete, how would you feel like John Reed handled stepping up at the cornerback spot? With the um, John was surviving, you know, tonight, and, and uh, they gave him plenty of work. Um, you know, they did a, they did the right thing at the end. They're going, you know, going on John, and we you know, we, were, we had zone on him. We we kind of knew it was coming, but uh, Jimmy made a nice play, and you got to give him credit. A great right. throw too. Are you surprised? There's a guy inbounds on the extra, on the extra point. Sarah, you got a guy I, I can never see it. Crazy kid. Everybody agrees, okay. Are you surprised they haven't responded either to you or to situations or to, you say. I'm, I'm, I'm taking it the other way, you know. Greg, I'm taking it like I'm, I need to do better. I'm not taking it. I'm not calling players for not responding. I, gotta, I have to respond better. I got to do more for them and help them more so. You know, maybe that's, you know, that's a coach's ego or whatever, but, you know. I don't mind holding that, that myself for that and that kind of accountability, and, and I just got to find a way. And I'm expecting our other coaches and, and uh, the players to do the same thing, uh, where everybody gives us everything they have to give us every shot to, to be as good as we can possibly be, and it starts with me. Is that in preparation or during game? Or I'm, I'm, I'm going across the whole bar. I got to do what better. I can't let that happen. <laughs> like, I, I, mean, I don't even recognize games like this. I don't even know what, what to tell you. Preparing on a short – I know they were on a short week as well, but – on the short week, how did you guys feel like you were physically? Factor. 
No factor. I think we made it out. We don't have a name for you, so we're very fortunate. That's where you could see, you know, coming back early, the guys may get nicked and banged up. We, we got out of here pretty clean, I think, for the most part. Thoughts on, on Carlos Delmont? He has five sacks in five days right now. Yeah, he has just turned it turned it up. And, and uh, um, the play is, is similar. I mean, it's, it's all power. It's, he's brushing with great power. And, and he's finding his ways to, to break the pocket down regardless of you know, what side he's on or who he's going against. Um, it's a fantastic surge by him here late in, in the season. Had a really strong finish here, too. Uh, five quarterback hits and two sacks today. What do you yeah, see? Yeah, he's, it's great to see. Um, he's had such a good year in so many ways, but consistently, you know, we put him, we move him all over the place. He plays everywhere. Um, he's taken to all of the, the roles that we've given him. Um, and we've you can see, if you remember, when Carlos got going a year ago, other guys also picked up. Our pass rush really shifted, and I think that they, they're feeding off of one another like good pass rush does. And um, the last couple of weeks, the guys are really going. Has Rashad Penny put himself back in plans for next year the way he's played this month? Um, he would, I don't think he was ever out of plans. We were just trying to get him back. I don't know what you mean by that, Greg. We were just. I don't, know, I, mean, I don't even know where we are in that. Um, he, he looks, he looks really good. Yeah, he looks really good playing ball, and, and uh, we need him on our team. Jason Myers just he's missed a few kicks, I guess the last, you know. Last yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know why that, that that's happened a couple times in this season that that Jay hasn't hit at his stuff. Um, he's a fantastic athlete and, and a great competitor and a great worker and all of that. Uh, it's too bad, you know. We should have made that. Should have been from the twenty-five yard line or whatever. What you know that that field goal, but he he still should make those. He he can makes them in his freaking sleep. You know he's really really good. So uh, it's unfortunate. At the uh, at the end of the half, you guys get the stop and chose not to get it, use a timeout there. Yeah, we wanted to. I know you. I was going to ask about that because there's a debate there on how you want to do it. Do you want to use your timeout and and have, save as many seconds on the clock in that regard or have the timeouts in our in our back pocket so that we can dictate how we manage the drive we chose to do it that way we we often do that that's to um, that's to give us those timeouts that are so precious when when you need them right down the stretch there and uh, we just decided to go that way you could blow the timeouts and, and and get a minute 50 but then then you can't stop the clock either you know so that's the way we've chosen to do it it's just a different way of looking at it it's not like we didn't think of it okay <laughs> so you know you had a fourth down at their 43, I think, early in the third, third quarter. Did you think about going for that one at all, or did you put it in and they... Fourth and four. Fourth yeah. and four. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah we, we, did, we did. We did talk about that. I went through the whole thing and decided to kick them deep and play defense. You may have been SS already, but preparing for Foles when you hadn't seen him start a game, was that any sort of factor, not, not having seen any film on him? You know, he he kind of did what, what Nick does, you know. I mean, he he, uh, he makes plays, you know, and, and he came through for them. You know, he was under duress, and we were rushing well. Uh, we had coverage on guys, and, and but when it came down to it, you know, he has been a playmaker, you know, throughout his career, and he did it today. The, the throw to Jimmy and the throw on the, on the two-point conversion was ridiculously perfect and and uh he, he did it you know we had guys around him when it happened too and, you know gotta give him credit he's he's that's not a surprise that nick makes plays like that he's been doing it and i was worried about the fact that he was coming in the game you know as we when we got that just knowing and having respect for the game the game that he's always been able to present um, he's always come through in a lot of difficult situations give him credit you feel like you guys need to rebuild after this season 
I don't know, Mike. I can't. I can't. No, we're we're just going to this week. That's all we're doing. We're talking about this week. Sorry. Pete, at this point, when you when you see the games with the time of possession end up where they are on a weekend week out basis, like it's thirty eight to twenty one this week. Just how puzzling does that end up being for you? That it's well, it's really easy to see. It's just third downs. It's, it's that's how it goes. And you give them another drive. You know, when you don't get off the field. And we had a. I think we had at least one penalty on third down uh, that gave him a first down. But that that's what that is telling you. And and you they get restarted. It's almost like a turnover in a sense. You know, they get to go again. And particularly when you have chances to get off. Because we had some plays to be made when we make the tackle. We get off the field. You, you know, they kick the football. And they kind of did a nice job of, of getting to the sticks. And, you know, there were three of those, I think, in the game. And that's the difference. Those three, there's three plays. And those three plays, they, they go sit down and sit at the clock rolls again. And they get four or five more minutes. And that's how you do it. You open saying this was as disappointing a loss as you guys have had. Why do you feel that way? Ah, just because it was, it was just our game to be had. You know, it was our game to be had, and uh, we we had the opportunity to win this football game and didn't do it. Do you feel like, I mean, with before this game, you guys were all but eliminated from playoff contention. Do you feel like the engagement and the effort is there from the players? To yeah, this game? absolutely. I have no problem. Yeah, look how hard they played. They're playing. They played hard the whole time, and we're clawing to to get a win the whole time. Why weren't uh, Alex and Carey active today? Alex Collins, Carey, they're off the COVID list. Were they injured? Carey wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to play. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't physically ready to play, even though he came back. He, he tried to work out yesterday, and he wasn't, didn't feel right to, to play. So that was not a, a, really a choice. And then Alex, he just, just got back, you know, and, and uh, um, just need to make sure that, that he's, he's back all the way. How did the snow it has, it's a combination of things. How did the snow affect the game at all? I don't. I don't think it did. You know, it was more more of a factor in warmups. You know, just getting it was it was more snow there and more of a factor. Then the guys field uh, kept the field clean and did a really good job throughout. So it wasn't even a factor. Anything else? Thank you. Today's game is presented by Emerald Queen, Queen Casino, the betting capital of the Northwest. That was Pete Carroll. Obviously disappointing. Got a lot of things to work out. More things to talk about when we return from Brian Walters, Robert Turbin, and Ray Roberts. That is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Seahawks fall to the Chicago Bears at home, making them 2-5 and five at Lumen Field, 25-24. to 24. And before Pete Carroll stepped to the podium, Big Ray, Oh, okay, need deep okay. in a story that I want to hear about. Holla at me. Uh, I was just talking about how the defense gives up a bunch of yards and, and not a whole lot of points, and then eventually that's going to come back to bite you. And so it just made me think about when I was a little kid walking to elementary school and I walked past this house that had this Doberman inside a fence, and there was always this hole under the fence. But I'm like, I'm good. He, this dog ain't going to come out. And so I just you know, I kept taking my chances. I could have gone other ways. Finally, one day that joker came out <laughs> under the hole. And the, the only thing, as fast as little Ray could run, the, the only thing that saved me was my Salvation Army-issued backpack that he couldn't bite through. But I feel like, you know, with the Seahawks, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, they, yeah, it was cool to not give up points, but eventually you know they're going to give up more than 20 points. Yeah. And today it just kind of came back and got them. They couldn't make plays to get off the, to get off the field. Uh, Jimmy Graham made a great catch. The dude made a great catch on a two-point play. Uh, and so it, those things just kind of got them. And then they gave up some, like Pete says, some untimely kind of bigger running plays in the second half uh, that kind of that kind of kept them on the field and some penalties and things. But uh, but the Seahawks offense just after the set first half just never really got any rhythm to, to threaten the defense to put points on the board. 
So this is what I think. The reason why they kept walking by that fence is because they see the personnel and say, our personnel will get us by this fence. If he, if, <laughs> hey, if he right. gets under that hole, we got we got guys. We'll be okay. Because you look at this team offensively, you got Russell Wilson, you got yeah. DK, you got Lockett, Rashad Penny, the way he's been playing. You're like, okay, we're good. Issues on the offensive line here and there, but that's been what the last five years. Defensively, you got Bobby, uh, you got Quandre, you got Jordan. You got Jordan Brooks. You're like, okay, we should be fine. So you keep walking by that fence. I really appreciate that analogy, Big Ray. And um, unfortunately, it, I feel sorry for Rashad Penny. I'm happy for him because he had a good day, mm-hmm. 135 yards. Um, but I feel like when, he, when you go into this game and you say Rashad Penny has 135 yards, you think it's an automatic win. As a running back, Turbo, you have a day, right? Second year, second week this year that you've been balling but it doesn't amount to a win. How do you do you celebrate that or do you just, you, you know, oh, you nah. take the L? Nah, man, it's a team game. Team is always first, you know, and so despite whatever kind of individual stats you have in the football game, if you don't if it doesn't, you know, turn out into a W, then you know, it, it it's almost like it doesn't count. You know, it really doesn't matter uh at the end of the day. And uh you know, listen, you you feel sorry for Rashad, but I'm I'm happier. I'm happier for him. You know. Even okay, hold on, hold on. But let me ask you one thing. Let okay. me I don't mean to cut you off, but I got a thought. Okay, the team lost, but at this point of the season, aren't you playing for your career, especially for Rashad Penny, first round pick? I mean, you you I feel like you would have to at least internally celebrate your personal success because this is the business end of the day, and and he's fighting for his career. I don't know if it's about celebrating your personal success when you're in the midst of still playing a team game. Now, on the outside, as it pertains to your agents and and people who are working for you and with you, your family, they may be looking at it like, hey, man, you know, continue to do your thing. They may be advising you to say, hey, you know, continue to do your thing because obviously there's 31 other teams looking at you. Your contract is up at the end of this year. We don't know what's going to happen. You can potentially stay in Seattle. You could potentially go somewhere else, but you are essentially – creating a new resume for yourself uh, as you're kind of trying out for these other teams who are evaluating running backs who may have a need at that position going into next season. And so, yeah, of course you're happy as an individual that you, that you had a good game, but that's not something that you're going to display. That's probably something more internal for you uh, because you're still a part of a team at the end of the day and a team that you've been a part of for the last four years of your career and so that's going to sting. The L is going to sting more than the 130, you know, 35 yards or whatever it is is going to make you feel good. I imagine you save the celebration for pillow talk with the wife or the girl or whatever. You're like, oh, yeah, we had a tough game, but, man, I did my thing, man. That's all I could do. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean? That's well, all you, I could do. You let, you let the other people do that, yeah. too. You get home, yeah. you're like, baby, you had a good game. It's like, yeah, it's cool, you know. <laughs> you know, but you say what you're supposed to say, but we lost, you know, wink, wink. So now, Brian, let's go to the receivers, man. DK Metcalf got involved early, right? Had a touchdown on the second drive, 41-yard bomb over the shoulder. We wanted to see him get involved in this game, but then the second half just wasn't able to to get number 14 in the game. If you're DK Metcalf, how are you feeling right now? <laughs> yeah, that's what we talked about pregame, uh, getting him involved and having him. He was my uh, player to watch, right, to have a big game. And he got going. He had the 41-yard touchdown pass, and we're going. we're getting excited, and then Nothing, nothing in the second half. And, and to him, that's frustrating because he didn't really get the opportunities either. If you look at it, I think he only had maybe, what, one or two targets in the uh, in the second half. Yep. And, and 
and even Lockett had one target in the second half, right around there. And you just you don't want to see that from your from your playmakers, um, especially when you started so strong. You know, and when you get on that board, you're rolling. You you just want to keep feeding him, keep feeding him, and it should never have stopped. Big Ray. Later in the game, we saw Russell Wilson take a sack or two that we felt he should have got should have got rid of the football. Um, as an offensive lineman, when you're blocking for three, four seconds and there's a sack, um, what's your relationship like with your quarterback? Are you communicating with him? But what's going on? Are you kind of shaking it off and waiting until you guys go to film and try to figure out, okay, why did we take the sack? Why are we holding on to the football? Yeah, sometimes you just – I'd have that conversation on the sideline. Like, hey, like what, what was going on? What did you see? Like what was happening? You know, those kinds of things. Is there something you need to make an adjustment to? Uh, the frustrating thing is it just – it seems like – uh, Russ was oh, is just looking all the time to push the ball so far down the field and not just taking the five or ten yard checkdowns or to the you know I think there was one play where DJ Dallas had just hooked up on that last sack just hooked up like maybe five yards beyond the line of scrimmage he could have just get, given it to him but he was trying to get it even deeper scrambled out got sacked and so those those things get a, a little bit frustrating uh, especially because it's hard as an offensive lineman dude to pass block it is. It is not an easy job to do for three or four or five seconds. And, uh, and so when, when you block that long, you anticipate the, the ball getting out. Or you go like, man, this is going to be a big play. I've been blocking this dude for a long time. Like something's going to come out of this, and then the quarterback gets sacked. So even in, in the run game, if, the, if, the, if a running back is not getting a yardage, and, you fit, and you fit, I felt like we are blocking good up front, like I would back then we'd have a little – the video you can get on the sideline now, we had the pictures. I would take the pictures over to the running back and be like, tell me, tell me what you're saying so that we can understand what we need to do in game to try to make those adjustments. Yeah, and we've talked about it from the running back position too. Like a lot of times it's indecisiveness from a runner. You know, sometimes like there's a hole there, we miss it, or we may think it's inside, but it's outside and it's just not really trusting what we're seeing initially, you know, uh, trusting our, our, our what we're seeing, our initial view and, and I think we might be seeing that from Russell a little bit, you know, just just some indecision, you know, going on there. And maybe it's trying to push the ball down the field more than he should instead of taking what the defense is giving him. We've talked about that a multitude of times. But, you know, maybe it's second guessing also, you know, what he's seeing just because there has been. I mean, he was out with the injury. Then there's been some inaccuracies there. A lot of times inaccuracy come from comes from, you know, not trusting what what you're seeing, you know, not believing like. um in your technique and, and your arm and, and things like that. And so uh, there could be some indecision there as well as it pertains to the pass game. I want to focus on the other quarterback, the Super Bowl champion we lost to. Let me remind you all he's a Super Bowl champion. Nick Foles, man, 24, 35, 250 yards, one touchdown. It seems like he performs better when there's lower expectations. Now, Turbo, you were drafted late. Um, Brian, you and I were free agents. Big Ray, 10th uh, pick overall, so you don't feel our pain right now. But <laughs> – all right. <laughs> sorry, buddy. Hey, so, hey don't be sorry. <laughs> yeah, don't be you, sorry. You earned that, baby. Uh, so uh, I think the game looks different for a guy who has lower expectations. And I think Nick Foles, if he's a starter, he don't make that throw, that two-point conversion. But, like, your mentality is different when you're coming off the bench. There's lower expectations. Uh, Brian, speak to what it's like to get into a game and make a play. Right. And, and no one's really expecting you to make a play like there's less pressure. Just the mindset of a guy who goes into the game with not a lot to lose. Exactly. I mean, you have, you have nothing to lose. No one expects anything. So you go out there and, and you're just going to play. You're not thinking, oh, 
all, all this I'm supposed to throw for 350 and be the MVP of the season this year. That's not that's not your mindset, and it allows you to just to play free. And, and Nick Foles is out there, and he's just managing the game. He looks he knows how to play football. Obviously, he's proven himself like that, and he makes making those. He's not going to be the starting quarterback of Chicago Bears. Like we, we all know that. You know, Justin Fields is going to be their guy, and he's out there, and well, he's also trying to make a living for what happens to him next year, the year after that. And so he's he's. He managed the game well. I was very impressed with what he did. Yeah, I mean, he he threw the ball well over 20. I mean, we didn't even get to 20 yards again passing, you know, on our side, man. Very, very uncharacteristic for us in the passing game again. Nick Foles continues, continues to shine when he needs to. Okay, sign your child up today for the Seahawks Junior 12 Kids Club. The free youth fan club is open to all kids under the age of 12. Kids will have access to activities, virtual content, and so much more. Join the team online at Seahawks.com slash Junior12s. All right, when we return, we'll hear from more players at the podium. The Seahawks fall to the Bears at home 25-14. to 14. Me and the guys still here at Lumen Field. Lots to break down. The Bears beat the Seahawks at home 25-24. to 24. Before we get into it, let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seattle Seahawks radio network. Seattle Seahawks Station. Cairo. Cairo Radio. A conversation. Breaking news direct from the sidelines. And where the 12s hear the Seahawks. KIRO FM Tacoma, Seattle. All right, let's go to the podium live. We have Jordan Brooks. He had 10 tackles today. They made more plays than we did on the last drive. And they ended up winning the game. Just wasn't executing. Um, a couple times we could have made, you know, tackles behind the sticks. Um, just couldn't get our feet in the ground. They got first downs. What was it like uh, playing Foles and preparing for him, having not seen any film on him this year? Just, just another week, another quarterback. You knew Bobby broke his own record for tackles in the season, franchise record. Just what's it? What's it meant playing with him the last couple of years? Uh, it's awesome. Um, you know, I told you know a couple guys in college we used to watch Bobby's cut up tapes. You know, just league linebackers, him and Luke Keekley, and then you know just to be in position, to be playing right next to him now. And, you know, it's been it's been awesome for me. It's been a blessing. You know, to, to gain his knowledge and his wisdom, and. Uh, just pick his brain and you try to learn as much as I can, you know, while we play together. George, just how rough is it to see a game like this slip through your fingers at the end of it? It hurts. Uh, this game, you're not supposed to lose, you know. I think we was up by 10 or something. I don't know. <clears throat> but we came up short, and so it hurts. We just got to keep moving forward. What did he tell you guys post-game? I'm not sure. I wasn't around. You're not sure. I'm sorry. You're not sure why. I wasn't around. Was it covering in the locker room at the time? Was the coverage different at all? Maybe softer or anything on that final drive? They just stopping them through the air most of the game. It's just march right down. We're just playing our normal stuff. You know, like I said, they just made more plays than we did at the end. Anything else? A clearly frustrated Jordan Brooks. I feel like that's the mood in the locker room right now. Big Ray, you've played on some teams who didn't have the success that 
you thought you were going to have. This is a time where it can get divisive in there, man. Uh, I think we have to lean on leadership when it comes to moments like these. If you're in that locker room, what are you saying? Actually, hold on one second. Let's cut to Rashad Penny. He's at the podium now. I hope so. I mean, I come out to win games and help contribute. I think that's the number one thing for me. And, um, again, staying injury-free and, you know, just being positive and, you know, just doing whatever it takes to help win. That's all it is. You just mentioned staying injury-free. Is What's a bigger deal to you, the, the production right now or the fact that you've gone four straight games playing hard and coming out clean every week? Yeah, I think that's – the yards, touchdowns, I'm going to be honest, never meant anything to me since college. Um, it's a blessing. I'm thankful. Um, again, I really don't much deserve that. You know, <laughs> leaning on the O line, you know, who who can do it every week. Um, yeah, just just coming out and you know, just being able to take as much as I did. Um, I'm I'm thankful for that. Like, it was a big milestone for me because again, you know, my whole career has been derailed with small little injuries or just small things, and then finally, you know, four games straight, I was able to just keep going. And, now just keep continuing for the last few weeks. And up, Gibson. Josh, you've been here for a while now. You've seen 12 and 4 last year. Can you explain how it's gone so south this year, how it's gone such a different direction? Uh, we're a great football team. <clears throat> we're a great football team. You know, great organization here. And, um, you know, um, the biggest thing is finishing. I mean, um, during the season we had close losses. You know, and it's all about finishing. And, you know, that's one thing, Coach you know, preach every day. And, you know, he's a leader. He drives everything. And, um, you know, I wouldn't want to have any other coach like Pete. But, um, you know, just finish. I think that's the whole aspect, you know, finishing games. And the season be turned around. I think we have a few more wins, less loss finishing. But that comes with, um, you know, taking each day, um, taking each week, you know, never overlooking. And, um, you know, that's just something that I think we'll get better at and, few uh, games we got coming up would make a big difference. What kind of statement do you feel like you've made these last, what, three weeks with your contract coming up? I feel like I didn't make any statement. I knew what I can do. I mean, again, it just I was never on the field. And um, it's unfortunate. But um, I'm thankful for whatever I've been doing these last few weeks. And I couldn't have done it without these guys. Uh, giving me opportunity um, to show what I can do and, um, you know, just never giving up on me. And then um, myself just running hard every play, you know, just whatever holes there, just hitting it or, you know, whatever big play I can make, you know, um, that's, that's always my goal. But um, I used to always, as a rookie, I used to always think about the next play. You know, now I'm just thinking about, okay, I got this play right here, right in front of me. So this is what I got to do and this is how I got to attack it. You've talked a few times now about hitting holes harder and running harder. Was it harder to do that earlier in your career when the injuries were piling up? No, I just always, I always thought of myself as a home run hitter. I never trusted my instincts or my abilities. Crazy thing is, uh, Chris used to literally tell me every day, bro, if you hit the hole hard enough and fast enough, I promise you, the arm tackles, you're just going to break away easy from them. And um, I think it was at the start of this camp, and I was just like, just forget it. You know, um, I made that motto of, I don't want anyone touching my knee, so I'm going to hit them first before they get to me. So um, that's just something that just I stuck with. And, um, you know, having someone like Chris and now having AP and all the other running backs, you know, they, they make it easier for me. You know, they motivate me. They get me going. Um, you know, we're always talking on the sidelines about what we can do, what we can do there. And um, 
it, it's fun. And um, I love being around these guys and, you know, the guys that um, helped me out. Um, I think um, this journey for me is far from over. Seemed like you had two or three times today that the team, you guys had a chance to really put them away. And I mean, I guess how kind of shocking and surprising was it at the end to end up, you know, not winning that? Um, again, finishing. I mean, you know, it's part of the game. You know, um, it's just finishing. And, you know, um, I think I think uh, next few weeks we'll get there. Your long run, after your long run, you got up way down there. Did you come out of the game? Did they send Dallas in for you in that sequence? No, yeah, I came out. Yeah, I was. I'm, I was ready. I think I just needed water. So, how have you seen that increased physical style pay some dividends for you? Whether it's been these stiff arms you've delivered, the, the way you hit the hole on some of these, has it built some confidence for you too that that's mm-hmm. the way you need to be playing? Yeah, sometimes I forget I'm like 230. To be honest, um, uh, you know, a lot of DBs are probably like 205 or 195 or 511. <laughs> Um, I forget that I'm 2:30, and um, yeah, I just just start building confidence in myself. You know, once I've done it the first time, it's like okay, I, I'm just keep doing it. And um, you know, the holes are there, and O line again does an amazing job at what they do. And you know, it was great being behind them. So, you know, again, just having confidence and just going out there trusting yourself, and you know, your results will show. Anything else? Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. All right, fellas, that was Rashad Penny. Had himself a day. He said something that just clicked to me. He goes, man, I got mentors like Chris Carson and now Adrian Peterson kind of reminding me of things. Big Ray, when you got drafted to the league, were there any mentors on that offensive line that kind of helped you out along your career and your development? Uh, Not really. Uh, The Seahawks were just, you know, we we were transferring from an older offensive line into a a, a – younger offensive line so a lot of us were still trying to figure it out on our figure it out on our own but my greatest mentor was Howard Mudd who coached in the league for 30 something years and played for 12 or 13 years and made like the Chicago Bears all decade team and all that kind of stuff to me the greatest offensive line coach in the you know ever and so he would always sit me down and pull me to the side and talk me through different things or tell me about the different guys he coached and the different techniques they used and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, so he was more of a mentor to me than, than another player. And so it was great to have a, a coach with such, like, high accolades and things uh, being a dude that, co- that was invested in me. And so that's kind of where my mentorship came from. Turbo, you had a nice little running back room. Anything you learned from the guys around you? I, I seem like you guys are so close in age that maybe there wasn't a mentorship or was there a mentorship in that room? No, definitely. I mean, when I, you know, when I first came here, even though, you know, guys like Marshawn was only about, you know, four or five years older than me and, and Mike Robb even a couple years older than Marshawn and I, they their experience was, 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 you know, much more seasoned than mine. Here I am, a rookie, and these guys have been playing. Man, you know, once you get to four, five, six, you know, years in the league, man, you, you, you've learned quite a bit and with still more to learn. Uh, but I was able to soak up a whole lot, you know, from them and Leon Washington, who at the time was an eight or nine year veteran and, uh, you know, taught me a lot of different things. And, uh, you know, so I was fortunate to be able to have uh, some really good teammates. And that's the key, man, you know, really, you know, man, when Coach Carroll talks about, uh, you know, being there for each other and they talk about this brotherhood thing, man, it's a real thing. You got to be there for each other, man, especially if you have experience and you have a teammate with, with less experience, you know, you're put in a position now 
you know, to ensure that, you know, this person is not going to make some of the same mistakes you did uh, or, or anything else for that matter. Now, you do from time to time run into some shaky relationships. Yeah. You know, you run into some veterans who don't want to give you nothing, <laughs> you know what I mean, because you got jobs on the line, yeah. right? But for the most part, man, you really, you know, you're, you're there for each other, man. You just want each other to be successful because you know that's going to lead to not only success individually on the field for the both of you or the group of you, but for the team as well. It's going to it's gonna accumulate to wins, and that's what's always most important. Brian, when I was in the league, I had Bobby uh, – sorry, Bobby White. Bobby Ingram, 13-, 14-year veteran, then Nate Burleson, who was around his fifth or sixth year at the time. They brought me along the way. Anybody that you kind of bounced ideas off of and, and took things from when you were playing? When I, uh, when I was a rookie, I was with the San Diego Chargers, and we had the most veteran room I'd ever been around. We had guys like Patrick Creighton, Vincent Jackson, Malcolm Floyd, and our coach was uh, Charlie Joyner, mm-hmm. NFL Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. And that room was just full of information. I was just, I mean, I couldn't get enough from these guys. Uh, you know, Vincent Jackson, the way to run routes, Malcolm Floyd, the best hands I've ever seen. And then Charlie Joyner, all his stories and all his, you know, he was one of the best to ever do it. He used yeah. to say, you know, be quick, be fast, but don't be in a hurry. And just, you could just take in everything you could from those guys. Couldn't get enough. Man, nothing like learning from guys who have done it before, I think. And I'm happy to hear Rashad Penny is getting that information and, and taking it all down and realizing what he's doing. Okay, when we return, we'll, we will hear from Carlos Dunlap. That is next. The Hawks fall to the Bears at home, 25-24. You're listening to the Seahawks postgame show right now. We're going to go to the podium. Carlos Dunlap is there. Five sacks in the last two games. Let's listen in. Um, yeah, you know, a couple – a couple plays that they made to get them momentum and get down there. You know, defensively, we pride ourselves in getting off the field. And that one is a very tough pill to swallow because we had an opportunity to close the game out on defense. And we pride ourselves on that, you know, and I take that personally. And we didn't come through. Did you uh, think you forced a fumble there on Foles on that one on that one play? Or what? On the one they overturned? Yeah, the one they overturned. Um, that one I thought was super close. And, you know, with, with it, if the ball don't go behind them, I typically err on, they're going to call it for his side. But then when the refs, I guess New York called him and said it was a fumble, and we went to the sideline, I was like, oh, yes. It, you know, it was. And then, you know, sat down, was about to get a Gatorade, right, and they're like, oh, we're back up. And, you know, that was just other motions, ebbs and flows of the football game. Um, yeah. So it was great to come back and get it later in the game, which was probably even more clutch, but we didn't come up with it what can you share with us about what Pete told you guys after the game uh I mean I don't like talking about what we talk about in the locker room but he kind of echoed kind of what I said um we're just going to keep fighting keep coming to work um you know we take pride in our work and if you take pride in your work and you have another opportunity you go out there and handle your business. And we're all professionals here, and we're going to finish the season like it. We're going to keep fighting. Just keep fighting. And, and a, a couple other things he said, and, you know, um, he'll probably share with you himself. So, no, I'm not going to say it. Why do you think you guys haven't been finishing this year? Uh, we're getting these dog fights, and, you know, you guys know better than me. Um, in Seahawks history, typically the ball bounces our way. Um, and, you know, this season it hasn't, you know, whether it be us not making a play, 
us not closing the game, you know, controversial calls. Uh, it's been, you know, rotating what the issue is. But most importantly, you know, I would love to just put the game away early and just finish the game, you know, not let it come down to the wire. And we let them get some plays. They got momentum going. And now it's a bang, bang play. What did he get? What did he get? Like, what did he get? A, his foot and then a shoelace or something down? What did he get? Like, I don't even know what he got down. Like, I thought the guys pulled him out the end zone like Bobby did the previous play. I thought it was the same scenario, so I thought it was going to be overturned. And I didn't see the other foot hit down, so I was like, oh, yes. And, you know, New York has all views, all eyes, and, you know, that's the game. What was this like for you and, and your body playing Tuesday night and then again Sunday? Uh, you know, for me, I felt a little bit better because, you know, the way Pete had our schedule and then, you know, obviously I only played 15 snaps or so the last, the last game. So, uh, between that and the, the, the way Pete took care of us this week, I feel like it prepared us to go out there and physically impose our will, which we did for multiple quarters, but we did not finish. And I don't think that's because of fatigue or nothing. It's just because bang, bang plays, balls got to go one way. And we lost those situations. What have you seen from Rasheem this year, the way he's progressed as a pass rusher? Sheem, man. Sheem works hard. He's a guy that, you know, the team really, you know, loves his energy and the way he goes. Anything they ask him to do, he steps in. Uh, he, he, you know, uh, he communicates, you know, how he feels about it. And then he asks, you know, the, the reasoning behind it so he can understand it better. You know, anytime you understand something, you can commit to it better, you know, so... Uh, that's really good that they do that, and that's one thing that they do really well here. And he's been making it work. What he had two sacks today, yeah. So just you know, keep finishing the season strong. You know, this is bittersweet, but you know, you gotta be happy for the guy. I'm happy for him. You know, I'm happy, um, but I'm also upset because I played a game to win. So you know, those are ebbs and flows. You know, it's like. I keep saying bittersweet, and I know y'all probably tired of hearing me saying that, but that's really what it is to me. It's bittersweet. It's like, yes, no, you know. When you look at the, the season in totality, do you think it is as simple as the ball not bouncing your way a few times or whatever? Or how many close big? games we were in? And then go back and look at Seahawks history. How many close games do they win? This year, we haven't won uh, enough of them because that's clearly why we're, you know, in the position that we are. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to go deep into that. Anything else? Thanks, Carlos. Thank Thanks, you. Carlos. Happy holidays. All right, Carlos Dunlap has been getting it done as of late. Two sacks, excuse me, two sacks today, three sacks the previous week, five in the last two weeks. Lots more to break down when we come back. All that is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Seahawks Post Game Show. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Brian Walters. Seemed like in the second half, this often struggled to get things going. Um, I don't know what it is. I have my ideas, but you guys are the analysts. I want to get your thoughts. DK only had a couple of targets in the second half. Lockett had a couple of targets in the second half. Gerald Everett has become more and more a part of this offense. Big Ray, from your lens, from your perspective, what was the difference between the first half and the second half? Well, I, I think it was, you know, extending drives and giving yourself more opportunities and more plays to, to target those guys and more opportunities. Maybe the 
the defense is taking them away and you're having to go somewhere else or Russell checks to a run or what have you. But I, I think probably just the opportunities uh, by through extending drives to then include them. Because I don't know if you remember at the halftime, I was like, man, this is the offense that we've been looking for. You know, like the, the way they were running the ball, the different ways they were running the ball. They were throwing it short, intermediate, and deep passes. And then in the second half, it just seems like they never got back to that, that type of rhythm. At some point, well, I remember the days where three points was almost automatic. You get inside the 20, inside the 30 pretty much, um, three points was almost an automatic. I think as Seahawk analysts and as fans, we're starting to really see the importance of having a kicker that you can count on. Now, Myers has had some good years, man. We cannot ignore what he has done for this football team. But I think the mental of a kicker is something that's not talked about a lot. We talked about the mental of the running back, of the quarterback, Russell Wilson, all the things he's going through, Carlos Dunlap not getting his reps on defense. At some point, the kicker needs some love, too. Dave Wyman, don't don't beat me up for this, okay? <laughs> but the kicker needs some love, too. And um, when you go out there and you have one job, right, as a, as a receiver, man, I can catch a screen. I can break up a pass. Um, I can go across the middle. I can go deep. I can make a block for my running back. There's so many ways I can contribute to a football team. But for a kicker, your job is to kick the ball, put it between the two yellow things. Um, Turbo, do you ever interact with kickers when they were doing well, when they're doing bad, and kind of tap in with them and see where they are emotionally? Yeah, I mean, you know, I was fortunate to play with Vinatieri. I played with Adam, man. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's known as one of the greatest kickers of all time. <clears throat> Excuse me. And kick. You know the kicking position is, it's it's much more mental than it is than it is physical. I mean, you know, as soon as you start to have any doubt, you know, start to creep in your, in your mind at that position, man, you're gonna start having a tough run. You know what I mean? Because I man, you got to believe that you're gonna make every kick. You know, even the tough ones, even the ones that are 50, 55 plus. You know, those ones that those rare 60. You know, like man, you gotta you gotta believe in your mind. Like man, I can. I can make this field goal. And then the ones that you miss, that's where short memory, you know, in football and sports in general, especially football, you talk about having a short memory, right? Uh, when you make mistakes, when you drop a ball, et cetera, right? Man, you really got to have a short memory as a kicker, even if you're making field goals, right? But I play with Adam, man, and I saw Adam at his best, and I saw Adam the year before Indianapolis decided you know, not to ultimately bring him back the following year because he struggled really that second half of the season and he was missing field goals, man, 30 yards. I mean, just just uncharacteristic. And you can see, you know, each and every week, you know, each and every practice, like every day that went on, that doubt started to creep in his mind to even a guy like that, a future Hall of Famer, more and more, you know, as he started to miss more kicks. And so you really have to have, a strong mental fortitude and support system uh, in order to recover from, you know, when you make mistakes and miss a field goal. Brian Walters, what's your handicap? <laughs> I am a one. You're a one. I'm a one. Okay, so you are an NFL kicker as far as your golf game goes. And I look at Myers' lineup, and I'm thinking, like, this 25-yarder is a three- to five-footer, right? Three- to five-foot putt, you're like, yeah, I should sink this. I get this bird. I should move on. If you've ever played golf, you've been through your slumps. To where that three to five footer now looks like a ten to twelve, fifteen footer. Um, I would imagine that when Myers lines up, it's kind of like when you being a scratch golfer, your game just ain't clicking right now, and you, you can't find the feel with the putter. 
Well, you know what's funny is I've played a lot of golf with kickers that I've played with. You know, Hauschka, and Jason, and Josh Scobie down in Jacksonville. And it's terrifying what goes through their heads sometimes, even on a golf course. <laughs> you're like, whoa, you're, you're kicking game-winning field goals for us? No. <laughs> I, I, I'm just kidding about that. But uh, they, it, it's, it's, it's fragile. And these guys can go the whole game. And, and not have a kick, and then all of a sudden you're called on to be the most important part of the game yeah. and win a game. And that takes a lot of mental toughness, and, and you got to stay in it the whole time. You know, you can't check out. You can't have your mind wander, and that's exactly how golf is too. You know, you can't take those three- to four-footers for granted, right? you got to be zoned in on them, and, or else you're going to be a 18 handicap. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you my engagement with the kickers is when I was in Detroit, uh, I would we go to our position meetings. I'd wait about 45 minutes. Act like I'm going to the bathroom, go to the training room. They'd be on the table, sleep, and I called it the rude awakening. <laughs> I would just elbow them right in the stomach. Wake your and go, go do something. <laughs> like that. That that's my engagement with the kickers. But just make the kick, bro. Like I don't care if you're coming at the end. Whatever it is, you get paid to make the kick. I get paid to block. Like go make the kick. That's the way I look at it. Let's not forget everything that goes into it too. The the snap, the hold, and and all these things that have to be perfect. It's it's a it's quite the operation. Those guys yeah. work on every day and if something's just off you know like for golf you know that you you're in a divot you're in if the ball's not sitting there perfectly it's a lot harder to make the shot so you just never know exactly what really went on that play and the kicker gets all the blame all the time 100 percent, man the world is on your shoulders man you know the world is on your shoulders man, as a y'all kicker. about to make me break out the world's smallest violin right now <laughs> it, it, it I, is though what we, about we, man we, we talk so, about like, the kickers man, hey, i they're... feel like we're like in a counseling session man, right now they're fragile it's kicker, them up a little bit but this is freaking <laughs> kicking the ball man nah man oh go kick it then ray go kick it then go kick the ball then ray i don't get paid to kick exactly exactly right so i'm not making excuses for for any of the offensive linemen not making their blocks. We're not making excuses for the kickers. We yeah, just, we're we're just, trying to tap we're, in and understand. Yeah, understand what's going on. I know one thing. I, I can't <laughs> kick a thirty-yard field goal to save my life. I coach. I was a, the 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 country's largest special teams coach in high school uh, when I coached at Interlake. I didn't know anything about kicking the ball. Watched every video I could find. Coached our our, our player up to to be a all conference kicker. All right, uh, Big Ray says just kick the ball. We got Russell Wilson <laughs> stepping up to the podium <laughs> now. On the third down play, third four in the eight. Can you take us through what you saw and did you think you had it? Did it come to your mind any opportunity to throw the ball away there? Um, you know, in that situation, the ball is down the red zone. You know, we were balls on the eight yard line or so. Um, you know, I've been moving well for the most part for most of the day. So once it wasn't there. You know, we've had so many scramble opportunities. I was looking for Tyler, trying to see if he could move around and just try to get away, um, you know, and, and knowing that, okay, we'll, st- we'll still be, you know, no matter what, you know, we're going to be near the near field goal range. Obviously, we're inside of it now. Um, and so, you know, I, I think the the risk-reward, you know, trying to score a touchdown, we've done it so many times. We've hit Tyler and other guys, you know, and uh, unfortunately we weren't able to make that play, um, you know, and then, you know, obviously um, the situation happens where we don't, don't end up making it, but, um, you know, I was, you know, trying to play ball like I, you know, I know how to do and always do, and try to, um, you know, try to move around and just try to see if we can find a touchdown there, especially down in the red zone that close. You know, it's it's one of those things that, I mean, if I can run it in there, if I can slide to the left, slide to the right, boom, some guy open touchdown. You know, so that was that situation. Russ, for so long, you and this team have been known for finishing games late, mm-hmm. making the, you know, getting the stop, the drive, whatever you guys need, just. 
How strange has it been this year that the, the finishing hasn't been there? Yeah, I think that's the biggest and, and, and the toughest part about this season. You know, I think about, you know, all the great, all the great seasons, all the great moments we've had. You know, a lot of times it's, um, you know, this season in particular, um, you know, it feels like, you know, uh, we, we have the lead or whatever it may be. And, you know, we, we can finish better. You know, we have to be able to finish better. You know, in, in my opinion, on offense, we can execute better. We can do little things better. You know, we had two great opportunities, you know, like, like Greg just brought up that one. We're trying to find a touchdown, move around. Okay, that doesn't work. And then the next time, I think we get the ball back again. And uh, unfortunately, we got a holding penalty and on the ball's on the 28. We, I think we get a three, four-yard run. We get pushed back and, and the ball's on the 38. And then we have a negative, another negative play, you know, and now we're out of field goal range, just like that. And that's really the game. It's really the game. I think that we, we played really solid football for the most part throughout the whole game. Um, you know, in third quarter, kind of, we didn't have the ball much, but in the fourth quarter, we had two tremendous opportunities, you know, to try to find points, you know, and uh, touchdowns or, or, or at least field goals. And um, unfortunately, it didn't work the way that we wanted it to. And, um, you know, when, when you're up like that, we got to be able to finish, you know, and I think that's that's, that's happened a couple of times, this, you know, a few times this year. And so, um, you know, obviously, uh, you guys know me, man. I, I, I do anything to win. I love, love the process of it all. And this year's been tough, you know, to be where we are right now, knowing that everybody's put so much energy and so much time into it and to, to know that we, um, we haven't been able to, to, to be where we want to be, you know. So um, it's, definitely, um, it's definitely disappointing, you know. But I think that the only thing I know how to do and the rest of the guys in the locker room know how to do is to come back to work and give everything that we have. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I think that um, it's easy, easy to lead um, when everything is going great and, and everything's going smooth, and it's a lot more difficult to, to do it. Um, but it should never change. You know, your attitude, your mindset, your, your dedication to the game, what you care about, your passion to the game, your passion to your craft every day. Um, it's it's always going to be challenges. It's always going to be tough. And um, you know, so uh, this this year, this year's definitely been tough in that sense. And honestly, this this game, you know, we should definitely had this one. Um, the way we were playing, the way that uh, I felt like we were moving the ball. Rashad Penny had an unbelievable game. The Lions blocking their butts off. Um, CDK scored that touchdown. That was huge. Um, you know, other guys, Gerald getting the end zone. That was awesome. Um, we had some really great things, too. DJ Dallas had another great game. You know, there's some, some amazing great pieces that we did. You know, did things. He had a great time. He did a great job running the ball. You know, made some couple plays uh, on offense. And then, obviously, his special teams efforts. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think that um, as a collective effort, we could have we could have finished better. Did the snow or anything change anything today, or were the conditions any challenging? <clears throat> it was definitely windy, you know, throughout the game. You know, it changed a little bit, but I thought that uh, no, I you know I, we haven't played in a game like that here. But it was, I thought it was a great. I thought I was seeing it well, throwing it well for the most part, and, and everything else. It just um, you know it. So you know, I, I don't think the, the weather was a, really a factor for us. I think that the biggest thing that um, that was uh, it definitely uh, it was. It was it was uh, it was cool just to to know that we, we, this is our first time being here in, in that situation and okay let's go let's go uh, step up to the plate and let's take it you know you know there's great charge great energy around it and uh, guys were fired up for the game and and everything else and I thought that we definitely showed that throughout the first half and and then um, kind of slipped away for from us late but like I said yeah, I don't think that was a factor no. <clears throat> this may vary by game but end of the first half. <clears throat> Guys 
Um, I think any time you're in two minute, the more time you have, the better. Obviously, that's just. That's just um, I, I think that you know, um, I think it was two minute. Two minute warning hit, and then I think they had a play, and then I think it was a situation where we could could have called timeout. Um, I think I think they decided to have the two to save the two timeouts, and um, that was their you know coach's decision and all that stuff. So I think. Um, it's not a bad thing. It's not, you know, I think that either way, you know, you, you have two timeouts or, or you have one, but more time. So, um, you know, that's a decision that the coach makes. You mentioned Rashad Penny earlier. Um, for To see him, you know, he had the big game in Houston, but to see him come back and have a few games in a row, just what does that mean? You know, all the adversity he's had, what was it like to see him go through that then? Um, <clears throat> the thing about Rashad Penny, I mean, I think that he's had, I think, three or four great games. You know, he's been battling. I know in the Rams game he got, got kind of pulled up a little bit there on one, on one of the plays, but I think the Houston game was exceptional. I think this game was exceptional. Just how he was running the ball, how physical he was, um, that was really cool to see. And he's put the work in, you know, and uh, I think that anytime you put the work in, it, 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 a lot of times it, it comes comes to fruition at some point, you know, and it may not always be right away or maybe later, whatever it is. But uh, he's he's been doing it, you know, his whole career trying to, trying to get back and trying to play at the high level that he knows how to. And I think that it's been cool to see. Um, that's been one of the highlights watching Rashad Benny run the ball. You guys have obviously been so successful during your time here. Just how surprised, I guess, are you that you guys are where you are right now in this season? You know, playoffs are done. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely surprised. You know, it's, um, you know, we, we feel like, you know, I, I feel like we, we, we could at least, you know, had a few more wins early on and then throughout the process and then it's been challenged along the way. Um, but I, I think that you have to take each game in each moment. This is what I've always believed, win or loss. Um, and, and each game has a history of its own. And I think this game in particular, um, you know, uh, it, it had a history of, you know, that we played great throughout throughout the early part of the game. And then and then um, in the fourth quarter with about, you know, I don't know, seven, eight minutes ago, we, we could really should have won it on our side of the ball, we felt like. Um, you know, at least that's how I always think. And, you know, it's... We had two great opportunities at it, and, and um, we were, then we got the ball back. It was seven minutes, and we got the ball back with five or somewhere, somewhere around there. And then, um, you know, unfortunately, we got pushed backwards, you know. So, um, you know, I, I think that um, everybody's trying to put the work in every day. You know, that's the thing that, that's disappointing, too. You know, we, everybody, every guy, you know, is putting everything they have into it, you know. And I think that's where we want to be better, you know. It's like, man, like, where, where can we find these little moments? And I think that anytime you're playing the National Football League, um, the difference of winning and losing is these little moments where we can be cleaner, you know, and be disciplined and make those things happen and find ways to make the plays. And, and uh, you know, and I always want to make the play, you know, always want to find a way. And, uh, you know, I'm always trying to do everything I can. And I can, I can be cleaner and just try to be better as much as I can, you know. So. Um, we felt like we, we should have won that game for sure. Kind of made it clear you like to win and you want to win championships specifically. Now that that's off the table for this season, what happens now? Um, we, we get up tomorrow morning and we give everything we have and get back to work, watch the film. We'll watch it tonight um, and see where we can get better and where I can get better and continue to learn as much as I can. Um, nothing ever changes in that sense. That's that's what to me. That's what you know. That's how that's how you do win. That's that's the process of winning. Is every day, no matter the highs and lows in life, what's going on around us, what's what's uh, you know what's being said or this or that. And I think that you have to be consistent in your approach every day. And I, I'm not going to waver in that sense. You know, I'm never I'm never going to waver in my approach and how I'm going to approach the game and approach uh, the next meeting, the next the next lift, the next practice, the next moment, and uh, give everything I have in that sense. And uh, that's the only thing I know. 
And I don't, I don't know anything else. You know, I've, I've had tough times in my life. And, uh, you know, I've had some of the highs of the highs and some of the tough ones too and lows. And the only way I know through is the work. You know, is the process, is the language, is the is 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 staying on, staying the course, and uh, and you know there'll be better days ahead in that sense. And if you continue to do that uh, in anything in life, not just in sports, but anything, no matter what we're we're all facing, I think the best thing you can do um, is to focus on today. You know, and I, I really believe that. You know? and so that that's gonna that's always gonna be my focus. Your head coach came in here and said, "I have to be better for my guys." What does that say to you? What does that mean to you? Do you think that tells? You know, I think you know, Coach saying that. I think I think it's all. I think it's um, we all have to be better, man. I mean, we all we all want to be better. Um, I think, you know, I, I want to be better every day. I want to be the, the best at it. I want to continue to work at it. I think we all want to get get better at it. I think every player in that locker room, um, every coach, and everything else. And so, um, you know, the only way to get better is is to. Is to be able to stay focused on what's what's right right next ahead of us, you know, and that's that's going to be tomorrow morning. Um, and we wake up, if God willing, we wake up and to me tomorrow morning that we we get to do it and, and focus on that. And I think it's the only way to get better. And so, um, like I said, this season's been disappointing for sure, you know, in, in, in that sense. But um, you know, uh, despite the disappointments, you know, in, in sports and life and, and anything, you know, uh, I'm grateful that God gave me the opportunity to play it and to do it again. And, to play, to play every moment, and I, I cherish these moments. You know, I think my dad up in heaven, man. I, I, I just, you know, no matter what, he's always smiling down. So, you know, whatever else is going around, you know, and, and every, anybody else is thinking or whatever. I you know so many people have so many things in their life that they're going through, and I think the thing for me is is always to stay focused on on joy. You know, I mentioned that that to you guys several weeks ago, and I think it's been been my focus. You know, and um, I think that. Um, like I said tonight, I felt great. You know, I think we, you know, we 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 felt great as an offense and team. I think that, and and um, we let it squander away from us. And that can't happen, you know. So we'll have to figure that out. Both of your touchdowns came on plays where it looked like design rollouts to the right, and, and to the untrained eye, we would look at that and say, well, why isn't that a bigger part of your offense? Do you feel like it could be, should be? Um, <clears throat> well, the the one to DK, I didn't really roll out right, but the, that he did a great job on that route. I mean, that was awesome, man. That was just good to get back in the end zone. He's been working his butt off, and you know our relationship. We've been working every day at it, you know. And so, you know, I, I, making those plays and doing those great things. He he's a tremendous worker. He's he's a uh, a guy who brings it every day, man. And so I, I love DK, and for him to get in the end zone there on a sweet route. I mean. Um, he did a great job, kind of stuttering the guy and got by him and just, just put it out there and you let him go get it. And he made a beautiful catch. So um, we worked on that, you know, that stuff and just continue to make those plays. So that was great for DK um, to see him back in the end zone. And then, and then, um, and then the other one, you know, with, um, with yeah, the, the Everett one. Yeah, for sure. The Everett one, um, that was a great, you know, play, just getting out on the edge. Um, I think Shane got a, got a good call on that. We tried to play a little faster, up tempo in that moment. Um, <clears throat> he had a couple of nice runs, a couple of nice plays there. And, and uh, we felt like we could get, I could get on the edge, and uh, sure enough, I did. I kind of looked it down and threw it up high to to, um, to uh, Gerald there, which he, he can catch everything, man. So it's uh, it was cool to see him get in the end zone too. And that's where we and and they had just scored, so that we really needed that touchdown. So, so to be able to answer right back and make that play that to separate the game again, that was key for us. And um, and that's where we 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 uh, we felt like we could have finished. And then I, I think that we had a couple other. Um, naked, so I got on the edge and got the ball out to Freddie on that one. I was thinking it's nine yard play or something like nine or ten yard play. Um, so that was cool to see Freddie out there and get, get that too as well. I, one of the recurring themes on offense this year: DK just goes long stretches without touching the ball. It happened again today. Why, why is that happening? 
Um, you know, I think that with today, how we were running the ball and how we were doing things and everything else, we were we were trying to find ways to get it to them, and they were double covering them. Yeah, they're definitely doing that for sure. So, you know, we got other great guys that can make plays too and, and everything else. So, um, you know, <clears throat> I think that throughout the game, we were trying to find different ways. They kept trying to double them, so we tried to move them around a couple times. It was in that. Um, you know, so anytime he touches the football, it's a good thing for the Seahawks. So I think that, uh, that, that that's important for us. And I think guys like Tyler, um, you know, obviously Rashad Penny had a great day. So, you know, those guys, you know, we always want those guys to have hot hands. Another recurring issue has been third down at this point. What can you say about what's going on? It happened today. It's happened all year. What's going on there? Yeah, I, I think that we had some really good third down conversions. The ones we did kind of moved around. Obviously hit DK for the touchdown on third down. I think the, um, you know, we, we had, Gerald had two two really good ones that uh, had to kind of scramble and move around. He found them. Um, he made some great plays on those. And then we had a few that were long distance, you know, um, you know, like like kind of near the end of the game, that last, I don't know, seven, eight minutes, you know, we had a couple of third downs that were a little bit longer. And, um, and then, um, you know, so I, I think it takes two more, you know, two more changes of the game, you know, here and there. So I think that's, that's really the, the focus point there. Thank you, guys. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, disappointed, but um, appreciate you guys. Thank you. Go Hawks. That was Russell Wilson, 16-27, to 181 yards and two touchdowns. Our quarterback review was brought to you by Verizon, the official 5G network of the NFL and built right for the Seahawks. Seattle can scream, stream, and share every play in Verizon 5G quality. When we return, we will hear from more players as they step up to the podium. All that is next. The Hawks fall to the Bears, 25-14. Welcome back to the postgame show. I'm Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Brian Walter. Still breaking down this game. Going to get analysis from these guys, but first, let's go down to the locker room. Jake Curran is standing by with Jim Mueller. Jake, it's the second time in three weeks that Rashad Penny's rushed for over 100 yards. What is it about either his style or the way that part of the game is coming together right now? Yeah, I think we've always had the pieces um, to be really strong in the run game, and we're just getting the right calls and, and getting our assignments right. And, Penny's taking care of the rest, making a guy or two miss, and then next thing you know, big explosive game. Have you noticed a different style of run from him? And I know you haven't been around him long, but even from week one till now. Yeah, I think um, all the backs run a little bit uh, differently. They all have things they do do well respectively, and he's, he's good at just bringing it to guys and, and going through contact. The touchdown that he scored came right after a bear score in the third quarter. How important was it for the team to get that that response? Yeah, I mean, it's always important. If, if the, the team you're playing goes out and scores, you got to go bring it right back at them. Um, yeah. We have not called your name a whole lot during the games because, quite honestly, we don't need to. You're, you're fitting in like you are a vet. At what point in the season did you feel comfortable enough to go out and have that starting role? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've played right tackle my entire career in college for, for four years, started every single year. So, you know, everyone's a little bit better, and there's there's things to learn that I've been learning from Brandon and Dwayne and the other guys. Um, but that's, that's my most comfortable position for me, so it, it felt like I was just back in there. This is a new experience for you this year. This is quite honestly new for the Seahawks. This is not the way the mm -hmm. season usually goes. What did the guys in the locker room say after this one? I just keep battling. That's all we know how to do. Um, so get you get through it, watch it, figure out what we can do better, and bring it again next week. 
All right, Jay Curran getting his second consecutive start. Michael Bumpus at right tackle. Thanks, Jen. Hey, Big Ray, Jay Curran getting his uh, his second consecutive start. Him and Forsyth have been kind of battling for that position once you know your tackles are going to be out. Anything stick out from his play today? The thing I like about him is some dudes are like masters at, tech, at their technique, and that's what makes them good. And other dudes are just grinders. They Their technique might look nasty at times, excuse me, but they just keep grinding to get it done. And when I watch him athletically uh, against some of the edge rushers, he struggles a little bit, but he keeps himself alive enough to make it just long enough for Russell to step up or get the, get the ball out. And then in the run game, he reminds me of a – not exactly like DJ Fluker, but kind of like Fluker because he just mauls dudes. Like he doesn't have the best technique. His hands might not be in the right place. His head placement may not be right. His footwork may not look beautiful. But he is like covering dudes up and creating lanes for the running back. So that's the thing I like about him. He's like put me in a foxhole with a dude like that all day long. He is one of the guys I feel like who are battling these last three or four games just to make a name for himself, right? Make a good impression, put some stuff on film. Okay, when we return, we're going to break down the next opponent. The Lions are going to talk to Brian Walters, Robert Turbin, and Big Ray here on the Seahawks radio network. Dallas out of the backfield in motion left side. Russell looks. Now he's going to throw it up on the top. He's got his man out there. It's DK. He is into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks. nothing a perfect pass by russell wilson dk going over the top to get the goal, the scoring started that was the call of the game brought to you by beacon plumbing stop freaking call beacon all right guys time to look forward to the dangerous <laughs> detroit lions it's ain't mm-hmm. the team we heard about week three four five and six these guys have put some games together as of late you got jared goff over there um you got Pittman over there at the running back spot can't sleep on nobody this team is five and ten i'm talking about the seattle seahawks we are five and ten and you have to take on the lions turbo what do you see from these guys man they're all fight they're all fight man and uh you know that one analogy is all bark no bite yeah these detroit lions gonna bite you (laughs) (laughs) they're gonna sneak under the whole defense and get you they're gonna yeah they're gonna they're gonna come get big ray man sneaking up under the uh the fence there while he walking to school man uh, this team has a lot of fight, man. Um, you know, obviously not a great roster, uh, and they haven't had a great season, a lot of newness going on in Detroit, coaching staff and everything like that. And they've obviously had their struggles and things like that this year. Uh, you know, new new leader at the quarterback position with Jared Goff now at the helm and uh, Matthew Stafford going to L.A. and doing his thing there. And so, uh, uh, you know, a lot of newness within this organization. Uh, but, you know, despite their record, you know, being 2-12 and, and, and 1 in most of these games, uh, they've, they've really fought uh, in all of them. They've been in some pretty tight games. Uh, you know, we, Seattle just played the Bears. The Lions lost to the Bears 16-14 in a tight game. And a lot of games have been similar uh, like that throughout the season for them. And so, uh, you know, you got to give them credit, you know, for the way that they play. They play hard. Um, and they play with a lot of grit. They don't execute very well, uh, but it's certainly a team that you cannot take lightly uh, coming into your home stadium. Another team with nothing to lose, Big Ray. Yeah, well, I mean, the Seahawks should play with that same desperation, you know what I'm saying, with nothing to lose, because this is a team 
the Detroit Lions, there's nothing statistically that's going to blow you away or anything that they do extremely well, uh, but they do find a way to hang around sometimes. So if you're up by 10 points with this team, you better find a way to put them away uh, because see, I, they're going to they're, they're gonna grind and make you earn every single yard. See, I think that's where, like, we maybe are at fault, guys, is that, you know, that, that they, the word desperation, play with some desperation. I feel like we don't – it's like we don't have that. Uh, in our, you know, in our, in our, you know, weaponary because right. I don't know what it is. It's maybe because we have guys who are pro bowlers or been to the pro bowl. Maybe it's an ego thing. You know, you look at the Detroit Lions roster and you're like, who are these guys? Yeah. I, I will say the, the one thing you have to worry about, they have like four or five running backs that average over four yards a carry. And so, you know, they can run the ball, it seems like, when they want to. So Seattle's going to have to come again to stop the run and then make Jared Goff beat them. And they got some receivers, Amon, St. Brown. You have Josh Reynolds, who was with the Rams for a little bit. When you look at this quarterback in Jared Goff, Brian, and you see the weapons that they have, you know the struggles that the Hawks have had defending the pass, like every week, got to take them seriously. Well, the last few games, the Lions have actually been on a roll offensively when they had Goff. This last game against the Falcons today, Goff is out with COVID, so I think he will be back. But uh, they've started to hit a, uh, hit stride a little bit. They're 2-2 two and two in the month of December now, um, same as Seattle. Let's just throw that out there. And, uh, you know, Goff's a, pr- a proven leader or a proven veteran, I should say. He can get the job done. You know what he can do. You know, he's had his struggles. And uh, coming in, I mean, uh, Brown on the Lions was 9 for 91 today and a, a touchdown. So they have some weapons that can sneak up on you. And, again, looking at the roster, I do not know a lot of these guys. I haven't seen them, <laughs> but that's – the scary yeah. part, and at this t- point, anyone can come in and beat Seattle. Like, let, let's we need need to have a good game next. Absolutely, week and you know Jared Goff has a history, you know, versus Seattle, and people go like, "Where's Jared Goff?" But we just lost to Nick Foles, the third team, you know, quarterback. We lost to Heineke, we lost to mm. Colt McCoy, we lost to a mm. banged up Ben Roethlisberger. So, looking at the quarterback and trying to determine if that's going to be the reason you win or lose is not the thing to do. So you need to come out and just play your best game, and then if there's an opportunity to put them away, you have to put them away. Let me correct myself. Michael Pittman plays for the Colts. I was thinking of Monroe St. Brown when I made that comment. All right, say 12s want the latest on the Seahawks. We have you covered with the Seahawks Insider Podcast, hosted by Jen Mueller and John Boyle. They break down all the latest news and preview the next Seahawks opponent. Listen to all the latest episodes on Seahawks.com slash podcast. You can also subscribe to all Seahawks podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. All right, let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seattle Seahawks radio network. Seattle Seahawks Station. Cairo. Cairo Radio. Conversation. Breaking news direct from the sidelines. And where the 12s hear the Seahawks. KIRO FM Tacoma, Seattle. It's all about trying to find positives to end the football season. There's a positive we can look at. Bobby Wagner has set a franchise record when it comes to tackles. Tyler Lockett has a chance to beat his career high when it comes to receiving yards. And we have seen Rashad Penny emerge these last few games and make a case for him to be on this football team next year. Am I missing any positives, Turbo? Give me something if you got it. Well, we uh, let's see. We got two Pro Bowlers, yep. uh, obviously, this year as well, which is, which is a positive. Guys who continue to, to roll and be consistent and be, you know, not only great players for this football team, but great players uh, for the entire league, the NFL. And so uh, there, are some, there are some really cool things to look at, and, uh, you know, hopefully those are, 
building blocks that we can build on heading into next season. Yeah, you know, my boys get on me <laughs> because they're like, but, man, why always try to make your analysts say something positive? Because you know why? Because if you play <laughs> enough football, you're going to take some L's, man. Right. And every now and then you need something to pick you back up. That's so, real. Uh, so, yeah, man, I, you take the positives with the negatives, but um, – there are times where this team looks good. That's why there are some positives because you, you'll go on a 12-play, 75-yard drive and end with a rushing touchdown from Rashad Penny. You'll get two sacks from Carlos Dunlap, who's been on load of management all year. It's just putting everything together has been rough this year. Yeah, I mean, if you look at you know uh, Green and Dunlap over the, next, over the last two weeks, I think they have like a combined eight tackles and six, I think it's eight sacks, 10 quarterback hits and six tackles for losses. So those are good things to think about, you know, going down, closing the season. And uh, Rashad Green, uh, Rasheem Green is only like 24 years old. This dude is still a young dude. He Mm -hmm. hasn't played a bunch of football. And you listen to Carlos Dunlap talking about, you know, where he's uh, been willing to take on whatever role they ask him to do. That's a big thing to do as a young guy. And I think that Carlos kind of sets example for that. Like he, you know, accepted what they were asking him to do has made the most of it. If you look at the offensive line the last two to three weeks, mm-hmm. they played some pretty good football. You look at Rashad, you know, Penny, like he, the, the dude looks like a totally different guy than we've ever seen before. So you sure you'd like to be heading to the playoffs and, but you're not in that place, but it doesn't mean that the, the freaking sky is falling either. And we right. can find production from the receiver group. We've seen Freddie Swain probably have one of his best returns this year. Um, they're trying to get D. Eskridge involved in the past game. I think that's another step that needs to be taken. Who's going to be your number three receiver? We know Gerald Everett is the third leader when it comes to receptions, but we still need that number three receiver. Just think how having a guy like uh, you know Eskridge or, or Freddie Swain step up and become that that weapon, how, how much it frees up Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, and, and this offense can get rolling after that. But the problem is that hasn't happened yet. You know, there hasn't there hasn't been the targets to that guy. I think uh, D had two catches today, but they were little tosses. You know, nothing nothing downfield, nothing stretched downfield. Maybe the one in the end zone was broken up. Um, but there's just really there's only two weapons right mm-hmm. now to go to down, down the field, and it's DK and Lockett, and that, that needs to someone needs to step up there. Steve Rabel said in the pregame that towards the end of his season, his rookie season, he was called to the front of the plane, and the coach talked to him and said, look, you're going to be here next year. Pretty much give us reason why we should continue to work with you. I think a lot of guys are doing that to close the season out. All right, today's final score, Bears 25, Seahawks 24. You've been listening to the Seahawks Radio Network. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible, on-site engineer Zach Davies, studio coordinators Matt Nelson and DJ Wilder. Our executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network is Nasa Chobie. The Seahawks are back at Lumenfield next week to take on Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. Pre-game coverage begins at 11 a.m. on the Seahawks Radio Network. For our Seattle stations, we have another hour of Hawk Talk, but if you are leaving us, thanks for listening. For Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, Brian Walters, I am Michael Bumpus. Seahawks falls to the Bears 25-24. to 24. Talk to you guys next week. Welcome to Hog Talk. I am Michael Bumpus with Brian Walters. Walters. You know what, Brian? I've struggled to say Walters every time you're on the show. I don't understand what it is. Maybe because you're a scratch golfer and I'm like a plus 14. So, uh. It just, it just, I'm just jealous, and I don't get your name right for some reason. Yeah, I've never uh, actually heard anyone having trouble saying Walters. Right, easy. So I'm with Brian Walters, Robert Turbin, and Ray Roberts, and now we're gonna bring in John Clayton, JC. Man, you're staying warm. How you doing? Okay, what a bad game. 
Let <laughs> <laughs> me get right to the point, hey, there, Josh. Straight to the point, John. Well, again, like, I, I, I like how Pete Carroll described it. This may have been the worst one since he's been here. No sugarcoating it, man. The worst part about this, John, is that you see guys have success. You see Everett have success. Yeah. You see Rashad Penny have success. But you're just not able to put it all together. This looks like a good football team on paper, John. On paper, yeah. But not in performance. I mean, the execution just seems to be so off that uh, they can't get anything done. So, again, I thought they did some good things on defense until the end when the defense gave up you know, too many yards and a couple drives that ended up killing them. But overall, I mean, you know, the pass rush I thought uh, was good. I mean, I still think there's still a bunch of mistakes that have been made, particularly to how can you not have Carlos Dunlap on the field more than he's been this season? I mean, look what he's done in the last two games. He's had five sacks. He's had roughly uh, maybe a half sack more than he did last year when he came over from Cincinnati. How can you not have played him more this year? Hey, well, John, I, I guess I would. Part of me would, you know, push back against that, and it, it might be the fact that he's fresher, that he's making that he's making more plays. Um, but what would you say about not only his play, but also Rasheen uh, Green has been playing uh, pretty well, and then and then uh, Al Woods is another uh, yeah. uh, player Al on that Woods D line is playing great. well. Rasheen Green has been great. You know, uh, Carter has been good, except for the one penalty that he had. But I mean, overall, I mean, there's some good things to look at. And then, you know, for all the people who want to run Bobby Wagner out of town, I mean, he set the record uh, for you know, Seahawk tackles today. And then on top of it, look what they're doing with Jordan Brooks and how he's developing on the other side. I mean, what is he, the fourth most uh, player, fourth biggest player in the league as far as tackles? I mean, so there's some good things there. But overall, it's still the execution is very questionable. So, John, we know going into next year there's going to be some changes. And you just mentioned it, man. There's some There's some good young players who have been stepping up and making plays. There's been even some veterans. You mentioned Bobby Wagner, guys who have been consistent, who, you know, hopefully will will stick around. Uh, but, it, you know, if you had to point to whether it's on the field, whether it's within the staff, that are, that are, that are going to be some main changes, one or two main changes, where do you think those changes are going to come from? Well, I mean, certainly you'd have to think there's going to be changes on the coaching staff, which you hope that it's not going to involve Pete Carroll. And, of course, now at 5 and 10, I mean, certainly you have to say, okay, things are a little bit questionable as far as Pete. So I hope that doesn't change. But, uh, you know, in the end, there's so much uncertainty right now with the way this season has gone. Hey, John, what – so DK started off hot, you know, 41-yard touchdown. What happened after that? His name was not mentioned at all from that point on. Well, I think some double coverage has affected him. And say what you want, I think his leg injuries has affected him too because he just doesn't look as fast. <clears throat> I mean, even though he got the one pass downfield for like 41 yards, he still hasn't been able to get downfield as much. Now, a lot of that can be the cover two and things like that that they can use against. But, uh, you know, Russell has not been in sync with DK Metcalf. John, does this surprise you that Nick Foles continues to come off the bench and just play really good football? Not really because he's a good backup quarterback. I know he was a third-string quarterback, but, I mean, you're talking about a guy who not only has started, but he filled in in Philadelphia when Carson Wentz got hurt and helped win a Super Bowl. So, I mean, you know, he's a good quarterback. I mean, is he a starting quarterback? 
maybe. But uh, at this stage, you'd have to say he's one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. Hey, John, you, we started uh, this segment. You were talking about, uh, you know, we, you said the team is good on paper. What is it that makes this collective of individuals not work as a team on offense? Hmm, I mean, right now, I mean, there's inconsistencies on the offensive line, inconsistencies with Russell linking up with the wide receivers. You know, the execution has been you know, sporadic at points, and so that's not been good. <clears throat> but it's, I think it's still the more the execution on offense than it is on defense. Because, I mean, you saw some good things on defense today. I mean, certainly the pass rush was certainly there. They got good pressure on Nick Foles. You know, uh, you know naturally, the coverage in the secondary is going to be a little bit lax because they don't have their main guys, <clears throat> and that does hurt. But overall, I think you can see that uh, – you know, it's just it's just been an off season overall. Yep, it's been a tough one this year, John, but we appreciate you hanging out with us every single Sunday. You have a good night, man, and stay warm. Okay, talk to you next week. All right, when we come back, we will run through some of the highlights of this game between the Bears and the Seahawks. All that is next in your home for the Seahawks, 17 ESPN Seattle and Cairo Radio, 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. If you guys been listening this whole season, this is Turbo's favorite segment. He grew up on this music, brings him back to his childhood. So let's get into the highlights right now. Okay, the first score of the game goes to DK Metcalf on this 41-yard touchdown on the Hawks' second possession. He wins his one-on-one battle, making the score 7-0. Dallas out of the backfield in motion left side. Russell looks now. He's going to throw it up over the top. He's got his man out there. It's DK. He is into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks. Seahawks are on the board over the Bears. Six nothing. A perfect pass by Russell Wilson. Yes, as my partner Ray would say, Mr. DK Metcalf, we've been missing this connection over the last few games. It was great to see R Dub and DK connect for a long touchdown pass. All right, in the second quarter, the Bears take advantage of good position with this one-yard touchdown, capping off a five-play, 15-yard drive. Montgomery in the backfield, second and goal from the one. Montgomery gets it and he goes in. Standing up when he crossed the line and then was hammered to the ground and did a snow angel in the end zone. Hope the Seahawks defense remembers that. But the defense put in a tough bind there as that was their second time down inside the red zone already early in this football game. As the Bears score, it's 7-6, to six, awaiting the extra point. First of all, I just love the juice that Steve Rabel was just pouring right there. I hope the defense remembers that. But no, the, the Seahawks have only get, had only given up two first down, uh, ru- I mean, two rushing touchdowns in the first half all season. That was the third, uh, and uh, so just a good run by him, good solid run. They were on the one or two yard line, but the Hawks would respond immediately with an impressive twelve play, seventy four yard drive. Rashad Penny gets into the end zone with this three yard run. Slot left side, motion from left to right, handoff straight ahead to Penny, and he's going to step in untouched. Touchdown, Seahawks! Rashad Penny from three out, takes it in, bends it left, and steps in. Rashad Penny has become the go-to man for the Seahawks running attack, and a nice drive by the Seahawks, some timely completions, good running, and the Seahawks go on top 13-7. Yeah, again, you know, Rashad had a great game today. And, you know, you you don't think much of a three-yard run, man, but there's a lot of intricacies going on in that great read by uh, Rashad Penny right there. 
Good job getting into the end zone. All right, Chicago would punt, and then the Hawks would kick a field goal to make the score 17-10. The Hawks and the Bears would trade punts again to start the second quarter, and the Bears would put together a 10-play drive. During that drive, Nick Foles would find Montgomery on a 16-yard checkdown, but is capped off by this 20-yard run from running back Khalil Herbert. Herbert gets the handoff inside. He goes left. He's got running room down to the 10, the 5. He's going to go in untouched. No Seahawk in the neighborhood that time on the run by Herbert. And the Bears are a PAT away from making this a three-point game. A 20-yard run for the touchdown. It was a big answer by the Bears coming in after the Seahawks touchdown. And it just, they needed to to make it uh, an impact. And, and then Herbert on the left side, the big plays happened. And that's what they needed to stop the whole game. And they kept coming with the big plays. The Hawks would get the ball with good field position thanks to a 40-yard DJ Dallas returning goal. Four plays, 61 yards, and score on this pass from Russell Wilson to Everett, making the score 24-14. Play fake. Russ is going to roll right. He's going to throw to the end zone. Everett makes the catch. a Seahawks drive. Run the ball, run the ball, couple of completions, touchdown pass from 24 out, and the Seahawks answer and stretch that lead back almost now to 10 points. 23-14, the Seahawks lead. Everett, one of the constants all day, and on this little corner route, and Russ just put it out there perfectly for him, uh, little trips on the right side. Everett was able to sneak inside, hit the corner for the easy touchdown. All right, bear with me now. The Bears would make a field goal, making the score 24-17. to The Hawks would miss a field goal. Then the Bears would go out on downs. The Hawks get the ball and punt on their next possession. Then the Bears get the ball with less than three minutes left and go on an 80-yard eight-play drive capped off by this touchdown from who? Jimmy Graham. Foles, pump fakes. Now he's going to let it fly. Jimmy Graham jumping out in the end zone, and he's got it. As he jumps over top of a couple of defenders, Reed being one, here come the snowballs out of the stands as Jimmy Graham kind of holds the ball up in front of the fans that used to cheer for him. A 15-yard touchdown reception, and the Bears are a point away, and they're going to go for two. Yeah, I think Jimmy Graham holds the Seahawks' season touchdown uh, reception records for tight ends, and uh, that was a play that you know that could never quite get working with him and Russell, but to just throw it up and let him use his basketball body and experience to box people out and high point the ball. He did it right there. It was kind of a revenge game, if you want to call it that, for Jimmy Graham. But uh, yeah, but Seahawks fans weren't happy to see it. Jimmy had ten touchdowns the last year he was with the Seahawks and decides to leave. They don't want to tie the game up though. They <laughs> go for two. Heartbreaking. Foles takes the shotgun snap, rolls right, looks, throws back inside, reaching up, making the catch. He had it in his hands, and he got it. He held on, and it was Bird. Demir Bird jumps over two Seattle defenders, catches it in his hands, and on two successive plays, Seattle defensive backs out-jumped in the end zone, one by Jimmy Graham, the other by Bird on the two-point conversion, and just like that, the Bears now lead by a point, 25 to 24. Yeah, man, this is just great playmaking by the wa- uh, excuse me, Washington football team. They on Monday Night Football already Sunday Night Football. I'm talking about the <laughs> Bears, man. Great playmaking by the Bears offense right here, man. Guys stood up in the air, held onto the ball. He got three or four different defenders around him, trying to push him out of bounds, trying to knock the football out of his hands. He held onto it, was able to get a knee down inbounds 
and convert the two-point conversion, man. Great play. Extremely heartbreaking, but the Hawks would have the football in dry. But Russell Wilson comes up short. He misses Tyler Lockett. We don't have sound for this, Brian Walters, but what did you see from that miss from Russell to Lockett? You'd just like to see Russ make that throw. Lockett coming across the middle, big fourth down play, and just <laughs> just overthrew him a little bit. And it's a throw that Russ has made, can make, and will make. Just, again, all season long we've talked about the little things, and this was it right here. Since 2012, he's led the most comeback drives on fourth down and overtime. Two weeks in a row he hasn't been able to get it done, something we are not used to seeing. Okay, when we return, we will give you our game MVPs and we'll look forward to the next opponent. All that is next on your home for the Seahawks, 17 ESPN Seattle and Cairo Radio, 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. Your Seattle Seahawks fall to the Bears at home 25-24. But despite that, despite them dropping a 2-5 at home, not having the result that we wanted today, there are still, or there is still, a game MVP. And the guys are going to help me sort that out. And to start, we're going to go with the scratch handicap, Brian Walters. <laughs> Who you got? Well, <laughs> well, I think the obvious one is Rashad Penny. Uh, coming in 135 yards, and he ran the ball hard, as Pete mentioned in his uh, press conference, just breaking tackles. And he did all kinds of weight, right, with the speed, with power, and he showed kind of the versat versatil versatility that they've been looking for out of him for a while. All right, one for Rashad. Let's go to the RB. Who you got, Turbo? I'm going with Stone Forsythe. Get out of here. I'm sick of it. All right, let's give Joseph, our offensive lineman, some, some love. No, nah, I'm going with Rashad Penny. I'm going with Penny, man. <laughs> Rashad Penny, no disrespect to the O-line or nothing like that, even though I think Guy stepped in and did a great job. Rashad Penny, man, he's, 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 he's stepped up in a, in a major way over the last few games. Uh, you know, it's great to see. I love a comeback story. I really do. Uh, I, you know, throughout my career I've had – I've dealt with injuries, other personal things uh, that I've had to rebound and, and bounce back from. And and I and I'm grateful that I that I've been able to do that. You know, I've been able to come back better from a lot of the losses that I've sustained in my career. And so to see that uh, from someone is is very. I mean, it's inspiring. Uh, he has no idea the number of people he's inspiring just by simply doing what he's doing. And so for me, it's uh, it's Rashad Penny. Big homie Ray. I feel you, man. I want to throw out a couple honorable mentions first. Uh, I think Gerald Everett, you know, had four catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. And just his bounce back from that terrible game he had with three, three, three different turnovers the last two weeks he's played well. I really do think that the tight end room is the is the key that unlocks this whole offense, and it just never really got going. Uh, and then also, you know, um, Bobby Wagner breaking his own uh, single-season uh, tackle record. Carlos Dunlap, you know, getting another uh, sack. Rasheed Green. Pair of Rashid, sacks. Uh, yeah, pair of sacks. Mm -hmm. Rasheed Green getting, a, you know, a couple sacks. So uh, there's some guys that really played well today, but I have to go with Rashad Penny. He was a dude I picked as my Keyhawk at the beginning of the of the um, uh, broadcast, uh, the pregame. And so 17 carries for 135 yards, almost eight yards per carry. The dude is just running with a lot of enthusiasm. He's running with a lot of confidence. He's running being sure of who he knows he is as a running back. And he's not trying to be Chris Carson. He's not trying to be Marshawn Lynch. He is just being Rashard Penny, and it looks really good. And he's not just breaking the big runs where he's untouched. Right. He is breaking tackles. He's lowering his shoulder. He's he's getting to the sidelines. He's getting north and south. I'm happy for that dude. I'm glad you guys picked him because I would have went with him as well. Um, 
Big ups to Tyler Lockett, five yards away from breaking his own um, career high when it comes to receiving yards, three catches, 30 yards. But, yes, I agree with you. You have to go with Rashad Penny. 17 carries, 135 yards, one touchdown, a long of 32. Number 20, getting it done. All right, when we return, we'll put a bow on this thing and look forward to next week. The Detroit Lions, that's next on your home for the Seahawks, 710 ESPN, Seattle, and Cairo, 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. We're here at Lumenfield, still breaking down this loss, but we are moving forward. I'm joined with Brian Walters, Robert Turbin, and that dude, 72, Big Ray. When we look at this Lions team, they are 2-12-1, 0-7-1 on the road. Now, they have Jared Goff on the year. Jared Goff has 3,000 yards, 17 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Their leading rusher is Swift, 555 yards, 4 touchdowns, and Ahmad Amon Ross St. Brown is the leading receiver with 74 yards, 692, 74 receptions, 692 yards, and three touchdowns. I tend to focus on the offense because I'm an offensive guy. Um, and it all starts with the quarterback, Jared Goff. The Rams got rid of this guy because he couldn't make some of the throws that Matthew Stafford has made this year. When you look at this offense, Big Ray, you look at the run game, the quarterback, O-line, all the weapons that they have, thoughts. I would say the the thing that would concern me the most is uh, it's just being prepared for Jared Goff. The dude knows this defense. He knows his team. Uh, he he's beaten this team before, and so you know he's going to have some things to know about how how this defense functions. There's going to be maybe some advantage at some point during the game, and then you know DeAndre Swift didn't play today. He had, you know he's trying to come back from a shoulder, uh, but if he's if he comes back. This dude is kind of like a Alvin Kamara. He he has you know 429 yards receiving to go along with those 555 yards rushing, and so he can create a problem. And then the other running back, Williams, is also a very uh, reliable running back who averages over four yards a carry. And so again, the Seahawks' game plan is going to have to go be, come in and say stop the run, and then make Jared Goff beat you throwing the ball. The last time they well. In the playoffs, it was different, but the game before the playoffs, when they were uh, the Rams, liked to do a lot of booting, boot out with uh, Jared Goff, and they just played that. KJ Wright played up under the boot all the time and just made him have to then pull the ball down and run. So they're going to have to come up with something that makes the uh, uh, Jared Goff be the center of the Detroit Lions trying to win. The Lions are the 28th ranked defense overall when it comes to yardage. Do you feel like Turbo? The Hawks can get it right before they play the Arizona Cardinals. Have a good defense, solid offense, or I would say good offense, solid defense. Um, this is a game to where you want to see Russell look good. You want to see guys like Rashad Penny look good offensively. And then guys like D. Eskridge, first year, trying to make some noise. Um, what do you think these guys can do? Well, our run game has certainly been trending in the right direction, right? So we want to continue to build on that and really, you know, make that the focus of, of our game plan going into next week, man. Run the football with Rashad Penny and DJ Dallas and whoever's going to be available there in the backfield and then uh, try to, you know, run some play action passes and things like that off that we saw today, you know, a touchdown pass to uh, uh, our tight end, like why can't Gerald Everett, off a play action pass, right, on the corner route. And so, you know, those are ways that we can take advantage of other defenses that, that we're playing. Uh, but this game is going to be about us. And yes. I think we've put so much focus on, you know, the other team and their numbers and where they're ranked and what they do and what they're good at and what they're bad at and how we can take advantage of those things. 
more so than just focusing on the Seahawks and what are we good at and what do we like to do and what are our go-tos and things like that. And I think that's where the we the, the, the focus needs to be shifted to that in order for us to have the success that we want to see on a consistent basis as opposed to, you know, what they're doing and allowing that to dictate essentially what it is we want to do, whether it's offensively or defensively. And so for offense, going into this game against the Detroit Lions, this is about us. What do we like? What is Russ like? What is he comfortable with in this offense? What do we love to do on third downs? What do we feel like we can go to to convert in our short third downs, in our mid to long third downs, etc.? You know, what do we like to do on first and second, you know, throughout the game so that we can develop that consistently and put together uh, those long drives that have been missing pretty much all season, but All right, B, so Turbo's saying it's all about us. So if it's about us, what does this offense need to do? What should it look like next week against the Detroit Lions? Turbo, you're, you're completely right. I mean, on paper, as John uh, Clayton uh, said, we are the Seahawks are the better team. And this offense, I mean, on paper, should put up 40 40- plus points on these guys right with all the weapons and and the i don't even know who's on the detroit's defense no knock on them i just don't but we should put up 40 plus points and that's what you want to see him do you want to come out you want to see him come out and start executing and actually sustaining drives and not going 0 for 4 on third down in the second half where it, when it means the most you know they could have could have put the bears away today easily a few times with a couple uh, third down conversions and we wouldn't have been in the situation uh that they were in at the end of the game and you want to see them start to execute and start to finish these games. It's all about finishing with Pete Carroll, and they have not been doing that. So I'd like to see that against the Lions. I want to see a team playing so good that the pro shop is just filled with people buying gear. You know when a team is doing good, when people are buying jerseys right. or whatnot. I walked by the pro shop today, and it was empty. We got to change that. Before we get out of here, I want to say, man, Turbo and Brian, you guys have been a great addition. This is the holiday season, so I'm showing love right now. I appreciate you guys and your analysis. Vic Ray, you're you've been good. awesome all all year. Five years I've been working with you on the low. NASA Chobie, the greatest producer in all the land. The greatest. Zach Davies doing his thing. We also have Matt Nelson and DJ Wilder back at the spot doing what they got to do. I'm going to say all these names again, but I just wanted to put that out there and show some love to my peoples, <laughs> man. I appreciate y'all, especially during this tough season, all right? Today's final score, Bears 25, Seahawks 24. You've been listening to Hot Talk on 17 ESPN Seattle and Cairo Radio 97.3 FM. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. On-site engineer Zach Davies, studio coordinators Matt Nelson and DJ Wilder, executive producer of the Seattle Seahawks radio network is Nasa Chobie. The Seahawks are back at Lumen Field next week to take on Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. Pre-game coverage begins at 10 a.m. on the Seahawks radio network. For Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Brian Walters, I'm Michael Bumpus. Bears win 25-24.